Hello and welcome to All Things Small Business, brought to you by DAU. I'm Ken Karka, DAU Small Business Learning Director. This series is offered as a continuing dialogue between government, industry, and academia on acquisition-related issues that impact small businesses who support the critical defense industrial base. Let's join today's conversation. Welcome to All Things Small Business. I'm Anthony Rotolo, and this is the show where acquisition and small business meet. We bring together business owners, contract experts, policymakers, and stakeholders, and we explore the issues facing small business and acquisition professionals as they work together to overcome challenges in a government and defense context. With me for today's episode is Leslie Faircloth. She is a Navy small business professional working with various small businesses in the simulation and training industry. Leslie, welcome to All Things Small Business. Thanks, Anthony. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I'm very excited to have you. Your work actually touches the world that I'm in. We are education and training providers, so my ears perked up a bit when I heard about training and simulation. So that's very exciting. Now, I think I gave a a deliberately oversimplified description (laughs) of what you do. I know you have a very specific title and a certain domain. Please give us a lay of the land of who you are and what kind of programs you're working on. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, being from the government, we love to have our acronyms that are, you know, really long. So (laughs) the oversimplified introduction was, was great. But to get more specific, my title is Deputy Associate Director, Office of Small Business Programs, for the Naval Air Warfare Center Training Systems Division. That's a mouthful. (laughs) That's a lot. So, yeah, it really is. What I do in my role here at the Naval Air Warfare Center, so I'm going to call, we call ourselves NAWCTSD, N-A-W-C-T-S-D for short. So at NAWCTSD, in general, I can categorize the work that I do in, in two main buckets, right? So I have internal work where I assist my Navy teams. And then I have external work where I assist my uh, small business industry members. And NOCTSD's focus is all about training and simulation that will help our Navy sailors and Marines execute their duties better, right? So instead of learning to fly on an actual aircraft, they will learn to fly on flight simulators that NOCTSD procures. So from an internal perspective, I work with the teams in the government to provide insights and recommendations on how small businesses can participate in our acquisitions, both as prime contractors and subcontractors. I provide a lot of training to our internal workforce on small business programs, small business regulations, policies, and best practices, because things are always changing. Regarding the external bucket of my workload, I participate in a lot of industry outreach efforts and matchmaking, and hopefully we can talk a little bit about that uh, later in the podcast. But that's basically to so that I can keep abreast of who's out there in the industry, 
who's new, who's changed, what capabilities are available in the simulation and training marketplace. I provide a lot of guidance to small businesses who are looking to do business with the Navy and specifically with NOC TSD. I help the businesses navigate the Navy contracting landscape because it can be really daunting just trying to find opportunities and figuring out how to fit within the Navy's acquisition space. So I help small businesses make connections with the right individuals within our command or the Small Business Administration. I also do a lot of sharing of information on LinkedIn. So, right, it's probably a very labyrinthine-looking set of things from the small business owner perspective. So you you become their Mm -hmm. guide, their Sherpa through all of that. Yes. And, you know, before we dive deeper into some of the specific small business programmy kind of things that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I don't want to get lost is the space that you're in is very interesting. The um, Again, a note on that simulation and training. Simulation huh? is so important because it allows us to train people on things that are either too expensive or too dangerous to do in the real world. And obviously with combat situations and things like that, We have a means to allow people to practice things, whether it's, you know, you can imagine a bomb squad Mm -hmm. not wanting to do something with live explosives and things of that nature. So very, very important work. And but what you're doing is providing the means for that to accomplish that and to equip our warfighters. So I always love to talk about what the business is about. So we we realize you know, the good that we're doing in the world. And it's not merely about business nuts and bolts and and programs, Mm -hmm. uh, as important as they are to get there. Yes, you you characterized it perfectly. It's all about, um, you know, keeping the warfighters safe, saving um, resources and, and money, and making sure that they're equipped when they go into battle. Exactly. They have experience what they're about to do many, many times over. Yes. At DAU, we have an expert on games and simulations, and I've learned a lot about it through that person. So I've developed an appreciation for how important it is. You know, our mission is basically to be the principal Navy Center for uh, research and development, test and evaluation, and support of these training systems that we acquire. Yes, exactly. So thank you for talking about what you do and its importance. Now, how is your role different than other small business professionals and the Small Business Administration? That's a great question. And it's um, one that I get asked a lot. Uh, Well, first of all, I'm a Navy employee, right? So I'm not a Small Business Administration employee, we have, you know, the Navy and the SBA have different roles and responsibilities, obviously. Um, so in, in my role with the Navy, I, as I kind of alluded to, I act as like the small business 411 and the small business 911 um, to specifically advise teams um, from the perspective of meeting the Navy's mission needs while ensuring that we navigate that landscape, not only complying with small business regulations and policies, but really championing how and where small businesses can bring the best value to our needed solution sets within the Navy. Um, I basically 
I'm here to infuse the spirit of small business into our Navy acquisitions. Now, we do have a local small business administration representative that I work with who provides oversight from an SBA perspective. SBA as a whole provides business counseling from kind of the the macro level, right? So I provide business counseling, right? But as it pertains specifically to the NOC-TSD mission, SBA also helps to provide small businesses with disaster relief loans. They help to provide uh, SBA secured or SBA guaranteed loans. They establish and oversee the federal contracting programs like the 8A Business Development Program, the Hub Zone Program, Woman Owned Small Business Program, and the All Small Men or Protege Program. So I can help businesses understand those programs, but they are, they're initiated and overseen by the SBA. So hopefully that explains at least a little bit of the difference between my role and SBA's role. Well, that's very helpful. That gives us an overview. I like what you said about being the 411 and the 911. Can you put a finer point on that for us? Specifically, what are the functions where you're working as one or the other? Yeah, absolutely. So the 411 would be anything small business related information that my Navy team is looking for, right? So that might be guidance on how to execute a particular acquisition with a small business. It might be, hey, I'm looking for some qualified small businesses that do a certain kind of training. And the 911 might be, oh my goodness, we have a, a small business size protest. What do we do? Or we have an issue with one of our small businesses' performance. What do I do? So those kind of more emergency, quote unquote, type issues that have to be dealt with in a very short time and response in a very quick manner. Sure. Issues that get escalated that, that have to be dealt with. Yes. And then, and then right. you're advising and guiding there. I understand. Exactly, which sometimes involves responding to congressional inquiries. So those are very, very hot sometimes. <laughs> now, there's a, this idea of small business matchmaking. I wonder if mm-hmm. you can tell us how that translates into your role. Oh, absolutely. So matchmaking is part of the outreach that I do in my, in my role here. I often will, well, in the past, I would actually physically attend events, and we like to affectionately call it speed dating, um, <laughs> where I would represent, obviously, uh, the Navy, and we would meet one-on-one with several small businesses, you know, with very short um, increments of time. So what I want the audience to take away from that is If you're invited to matchmaking or you're participating in matchmaking with the government agency or with a large business prime, do your homework first. Don't just show up to a matchmaking event without at least getting a general understanding of the agency or the command's needs. You know, go on their website check out their acquisition forecast, get an idea of what it is they do and what their needs are and identify what 
capabilities your company can bring to our acquisitions. I'll give you an example of where this went really wrong one time. I was invited to a matchmaking event by our local small business development center. And usually they do a really good job of matching people up with the right kinds of companies. But I'm not sure what happened this time, but I was approached by a company that manufactures pool furniture. Well, that was a waste of time for me and for the company because we don't buy pool furniture. We, we're not even anything close. So it's very important for the small businesses to do their homework and know a little bit about the agencies before they come and meet with them. There's a lot of information that's out there already that they can utilize at their fingertips. You know, the, the websites, LinkedIn, that's enough, you know, to at least get a general understanding and be able to speak intelligently to our needs. Certainly. It's a lot like the typical sound advice about going on a job interview. Mm -hmm. The more you understand about the entity to which you're speaking, the more you can tailor your value proposition and target them as, as a mutual target of opportunity. Absolutely. Now, a couple of beats back, you mentioned the word outreach. Mm -hmm. Just tell us more. Just give us a, a fuller picture of the efforts on the that outreach front that you do. Sure. Uh, we host the Navy and DOD in general host a lot of different events that small businesses, well, not just small, but large and small are are often very interested in. One in particular is the Training and Simulation Industry Symposium, or the TSIS that we like to call it. The TSIS is an annual event usually held every June, and it's an opportunity to network and interact with procurement officials for training and simulation products and services from Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, Navy, Coast Guard, you name it. And the focus of the TSIS event is to provide insight and opportunities for the forthcoming year and a little bit further into the future, usually about the three-year mark. And as a part of that conference, there's a slide set, right? So it's briefed in person. This past year, of course, we did it virtually. It was a little bit um challenging, but we made it I was it about to ask you about that. I know it's typically, in, <laughs> I understand it's in Orlando, but you might yes. have had to do that virtually this year. Yes, as we have with many events, but that's a great event. And it basically, it re-baselines our acquisition forecast every year, right? So those briefing slides that are available at the TSIS conference, we post them on our website. And I always advise small businesses to download that, take a look at it, keep it on hand because it comes in handy for identifying where they may be able to play it as a prime or a subcontractor in upcoming acquisitions. So that's the TSIS or TSIS. Mm -hmm. There's something else called the PALT, P-A-L-T. Can you define that for us? I know that's very important in your work. Absolutely. So um, for the acquisition community in general, PALT stands for Procurement Acquisition Lead Time. So is basically, um, you know, establishes the timeline, the date for when, you know, a need is um, identified all the way through contract award. 
So the PALT events that we host are actually, uh, it's an event, right? So it is a means to provide updated information and announcements that will build on the information that was provided at the thesis, right? So that's why I recommend small businesses to always have those thesis slides on hand because if they're joining us at the PALT events, they, that would be a very helpful piece of information to help follow on because all of our PALT events do build on the information that was briefed in those slides. The PALT events, we push information, updates to procurements that we've already announced, and we have an opportunity to provide real-time interaction with our audience through question and answers. You can even submit questions uh, anonymously if, if that's what industry would prefer. In order to attend these events, you just got to go register on our website. There's no cost. How often are they presented? Yeah, they're actually the second Tuesday of every other month. The next one is scheduled for March 9th, and you can sign up anytime. Typically, we would do those in-person events. And when we have the in-person PALT events, it's a fabulous opportunity for small businesses to network because we generally have a couple hundred attendees that show up in person. And it is all of the industry members that are already doing business with us, as well as industry members that are looking to do business with us. So it's a wonderful way to connect. You also had mentioned that prime and subcontractor relationships that might shake out from people becoming aware of opportunities. So perfect opportunity, that type of a networking event. Exactly. Exactly. You can't be a wallflower at these events because this is where, you know, business deals uh, start. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, you know, this past year has definitely provided some challenges for us because we haven't been able to host an in-person PALT since last March. But we have been conducting the events virtually, which has been successful so far. Uh, But of course, people really are eager to get back to the in-person events so that they can leverage that networking ability. Now, speaking of, we mentioned Orlando a moment ago. Orlando's Mm -hmm. also home for the ITSEC events. Right. Uh, That is uh, an annual event. It's the Inter-Service Industry Training, Simulation, and Education Conference. Tell us about that, please. Absolutely. ITSEC is a cooperative event among all of the services, industry, academia, and other national and international organizations focused on improving training and education programs, identifying common training issues, and development of multi-service programs. So it was interesting that NOCTSD was actually the charter participant in the first such conference. It wasn't called ITSEC then. It was called the Naval Training Device Center Industry Conference. Um, And that was back in 1966. So we've been doing this for a while. And it has evolved and greatly expanded to include Army, Air Force, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, and, and other federal agencies. The event is huge and is typically held annually the week following Thanksgiving at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando. 
of course, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Last year's ITSEC was conducted via virtual platform, and it was actually really well done. So again, not being able to meet in person and do that networking was a little challenging, but we still had great participation and, and did a fabulous job of still hosting the, a very, very worthy event. So you, when you go to an ITSEC, you're going to see researchers from the Navy and all services demonstrate a variety of our advanced training solutions for aviation, surface and undersea, land, and any other specialized requirements. We've got our leadership there, program managers, engineers, logisticians, business support personnel, contracting personnel are all on hand to discuss business opportunities with industry. And of course, Office of Small Business Programs is there as well. Yes, DAU has been there year upon year since mm-hmm. I've been with DAU for about a dozen years. So I've been hearing about ITSEC for a very, very long time. I haven't attended <laughs> one myself, but my colleagues have, have been down there. Oh, yeah. you might if, if you do decide to come, you might even get a chance to ride in a flight simulator. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that sounds like the next best thing to going to Disney down in Orlando. So I'll have to try that out. Yep. Now, I understand that you were recently involved in a virtual small business roundtable. Tell us about that, please. Right. Okay. Yeah. We uh, we held the Team Orlando Small Business Roundtable virtually just a couple of weeks ago, and it was a town hall style open forum that gave our small business industry partners an opportunity to ask questions and discuss government contracting topics that are relevant to small business. For example, we discussed cybersecurity regulations. We talked about new and upcoming small business regulation changes. We provided some advice on how to land your first government contract and had a a discussion on how and where to to find acquisition opportunities. We actually had a whole panel of government folks who were providing plenty of input and, and responses to all the questions that we had coming in. So our participants included representation from uh, the Army Contracting Command Office of Small Business Programs. The Small Business Administration was there. Uh, We had a rep from the Procurement Technical Assistance Center, or the PTAC. And we also had some members of the Central Florida Tech Grove there on hand. And normally we would hold this event in person again. And usually the turnout is, eh, you know, maybe 50 or so people would attend an event like this. This time, since we did it virtually, we really expanded that. um, And we had 97 different companies that were represented there. So we had 165 people that registered that represented 97 different companies. So it was it was definitely definitely a success. It generated a lot of interest and a lot of great conversations. And my hope is that the future small business roundtables that we hold for Team Orlando will be centered on some of those topics that were brought up during our open forum town hall. 
That has been a silver lining of these virtual events. DAU had put on a conference-style event, whereas in previous years we were limited to several hundred people in an auditorium. We did the virtual event, and we had thousands of people. It was at least a, a tenfold, maybe twentyfold attendance, uh, just because mm-hmm. suddenly there was no geographical restriction for people to come. So that is the silver lining of all mm-hmm. this virtual stuff. As as much as we miss the face to face, so glad to see that that's paying off for you as well. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned the Team Orlando Technical Grove that's being developed. Can you expand upon that, please? Yeah, it's actually called the Central Florida Tech Grove. And that is an initiative that was stood up via our partnership with the University of Central Florida. When I say our partnership, I mean NOCTSD. So NOCTSD and UCF formed a partnership intermediary agreement in order to put together and provide an actual physical space in Orlando's research park that's designed to help the government in the modeling, simulation, training, and human performance industry to collaborate and accelerate delivery of innovative solutions to the warfighter. That's the ultimate goal. So we envision that the Central Florida Tech Grove will be an engine to increase the government access to small businesses and find non-traditional leading-edge technologies that will allow us to advance our military training and capabilities. So there's a lot of opportunities to connect with us through the Central Florida Tech Bridge The events right now that are being planned, uh, tentatively, they're being planned virtual, um, but we do eventually plan to bring some of the events into the physical space and probably still leverage the virtual means as well, because we want to make this as broad as possible to bring in as many companies as possible. In that way, you know, you're, you're leveraging the ability to go virtual, which reduces cost, which is very important for a lot of our small businesses. Um, I would definitely encourage our uh, listeners to, if you're on LinkedIn, to check out the Central Florida Tech Grove. They've got a profile. They'll be posting events that are upcoming in the very, very near future. So there's a lot of potential opportunity right there for, um, especially for small businesses that are in an innovative type of industry. Yeah, it sure sounds like a lot of opportunity and it's providing the government the ability to absorb more and various technologies as we work with more and more of these kinds of companies. You mentioned how you've alleviated some of the geographical or cost aspects. Has it improved speed, the the speed with which you can get under contract and do business? Yeah. So actually, we're always looking to increase our, our speed of acquisition, right? Because notoriously, the government acquisition process is laboriously slow. Um, so that is one of the focus areas of the tech growth, right, is to accelerate, accelerate not only the technology, but the speed at which we can bring that technology into the government programs so that we can leverage the best of the best. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds like a, a partnership vibe. I've got, I've really enjoyed the discussion because it sounds like 
uh, a real relationship between government and small business that your work affords as we partner together, all in support of the warfighter. Leslie, do you have any closing thoughts for us about anything we've discussed, whether it's just summary or advice? You know, I just want to say that um, I really do love what I do. It's very fulfilling and rewarding to help small businesses and help the warfighter at the same time. I feel very passionate about what I do, and I love networking with people. I love, you know, finding solutions to problems. And so I, I really just encourage the small business industry. If you're if you're in the training and simulation industry, please connect with me on LinkedIn and you know reach out to me if you want to be a part of any of these initiatives that we've discussed today. I'd be happy to chat with you. Well, I'm certainly going to be connecting with you on LinkedIn. I'm going to ask you to share this episode (laughs) far and wide so we can raise awareness. Our guest has been Leslie Faircloth. She is a Navy small business professional. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you. My pleasure. Oh, thank you again. This is Ken Karkoff once more. I want to thank our guests for participating in today's conversation. Your insights and perspectives will surely help our listeners. And an invitation to our listeners, if you'd like to participate as a guest in a future conversation, please reach out to me at kenneth.karkoff at dau.edu. Till next time, stay engaged and collaborate across your networks. Everyone's talents and skills are needed within the defense industrial base as we fulfill the national defense strategy together.